I'm unapologetically fly. No wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com. We've been chucked off YouTube, chucked off everywhere. I think it's a sign of, of um, you're doing the right thing to be chucked off everywhere. Richie was chucked off a long time before I was chucked off. I'm here with Richie Allen. Everybody knows the Richie Allen show. It's a staple of what we do. Um, Richie, how you been? It's a mad world and it's getting even madder, especially worth doing this sort of work. Insane. Yeah, good morning, Richard. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's strange. It um. Today we're we're talking about an announcement that 32 million people are going to be offered a booster jab from September, probably from the first week in September, which is kind of extraordinary, really, because there isn't any virus around. There isn't any major problem with regards to hospitalizations and and stuff. And they're also talking about giving people a flu vaccine at the exact same time one jab in one arm, one jab in the other. And as usual, there's little or no questioning of any of this. It's just been pushed pretty hard by the, the legacy media. And yeah, you could say it is getting madder by the day. It's something I would have said in the past was maybe a cliche, but but it is. Things are getting stranger and stranger. And to be honest with you, they're getting a bit more worrying rich by the day. They are, isn't they? Do you, you feel as someone who knows a lot of, we saw a lot of this coming, you more myself um, through the years, that you kind of wait for a point where you think, okay, maybe now people en masse will stop it. Maybe now people, was there a point where you thought, well, okay, maybe this will be too far. For me, it was kids in masks. I was hoping it'd stop at that point. We're way past kids in masks now. Is there a point for you where you thought, okay, maybe that was enough and you've had to kind of go, okay, maybe it's going to go a lot further than that. No. Um, I certainly don't claim to have any special insight into what's going on. Much of the much of the things that I know now or suspect, I was helped along the way through meeting various researchers and, uh, and commentators over the years. And I suppose I've developed maybe a little bit of insight through those experiences, Richard. I think, I don't believe there will be a point, and I know some of your viewers are not going to like this, but, but fair enough, you know, you, you call it as you see it. I don't believe there's going to be any point where, where en masse people will, will rise up, say, somehow and say enough is enough. I don't see that. I, it pains me to admit that. I wish I was wrong. I'm, I'm not a doom monger. I'm not a pessimistic person by, by nature, but I've observed the human condition, I suppose, for want of a better word, in recent years. And... Um, it seems to me the more the governments and the authorities hand out to people, the more arbitrary the, 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 the rules and regulations, the more that people seem to be saying, you know, if it's a case of jump, well, people are saying so high. I don't see it that way. I think those of us that have some understanding of what's going on and why it's going on are going to have to reconcile with that and try and somehow live alongside of it, Richard, as best as we possibly can. I understand you, you know, what you said about the masks and now it's jabbing children between 12 and 18, but only the vulnerable children, at least for now. Of course, pretty soon it'll be every child in the country. I don't think they'll do anything that will, will cause enough of a backlash in, in wider society. And that's going to be 
I'll be called out for pessimism, but don't see it, Richard. I don't see, and I'm not in bad mood. I'm in decent mood this Monday morning. It's not <laughs> as if I'm cheesed yeah. off or anything, you know. It's just I, I'm surrounded by it. I went to a supermarket on Friday, Richard, for the first time in about nine months. The last time I'd been into a supermarket was last November, maybe December. The reason I haven't been back is because I had a very ugly incident with a customer in there and it very nearly turned violent. And I don't have any time for violence, so I don't want to be involved in, in violence. So to avoid the possibility it might happen again, I've just not gone back. And on Friday, I went back down Salford Precinct, went in for the first time, as I said, in so long. What a depressing experience that turned out to be. Every other person in there, well, every person in there was wearing a mask, excepting saving one or two of the staff weren't, but everybody else was. And I had, they were not a paranoid person by nature. I had, I had the dirty looks and mm. the stares and, and, and the mutterings. And I just thought, Jesus, you know. So I couldn't get out of there quick, quickly enough. And uh, I don't think I'll be back again. So I think we'll end up living as best as we can parallel, Richard. But I've given up. I'm a Salford City fan. Look, I'm a Manchester United fan. But I've not paid the stupid money to go and watch Manchester United for many years on a point of principle. So I've been going to, not because we're not doing well now, Richard. It's not because we've not been winning leagues. I'm not that bloody, uh, I'm not uh, that bloody shallow. But no, it's it's the money, it's the corporatism of it. But I, I'll go and watch Salford City. I'll go and watch Salford Red Devils play rugby league. Not anymore. I like going to the cinema with, with my better half. Forget about it. Concerts at Manchester Arena, the Apollo, the O2. Forget about it. I think we'll just have to get used to that. And uh, that's a very long answer, that, but that's how I feel at the moment, yeah. No, I feel the same. And I've come to this sort of last couple of months of, okay, having to accept it. And there is an element of, because what we do is we try and warn people what's going on and stuff like that. But also we don't, we, we, we go against fascism and telling people what to think and feel. So there's yeah. an element of doing what you're saying that you don't want other people to do. So I, I, I agree with you. I've got to that point of going, well, they only have a, they don't know this stuff and it's fine for them not to know it. And they are able to make their own decisions. And the blurred lines come in when they tell us what to do. We're telling them what to do. And there's a clusterfuck of chaos, basically. And everybody hates each other, which is obviously one of the main outcomes. It's a, And you just said that you've got anxiety and, and worry about going, you didn't use those terms, but the feeling of worrying about going to such fundamental thing as going to the supermarket. Yeah, That's, I am worried. That, 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 yeah, I am the same. And it's like, yeah. I shouldn't have to feel that way. I feel no. abused every time I walk out yeah. the door. How do you, yeah. do you feel a similar way? I do. And and yeah, I mean, I had an incident in Sifter's records at the very beginning, which is very ugly with the bloke. And how that didn't end up in violence is anybody's guess. I think I have a lot of self-respect and I respect the, 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 the gentleman who owns the record shop. Um, but a guy got face to face. He must have called me. Uh, what did he call me? Several times he called me a name. I can't remember. It's a very northern swear word. I can't remember. And I told him after the second time, if you say it again, pal, it's going to end very badly for you. Yeah. It was nasty stuff now. And I'm no tough guy, Richard. I don't go around fighting people. I've never been that sort of bloke, you know. Um, yeah, and that made me think, you know, because these situations can end up very badly for somebody. You know, you could get pushed and you could bang your head or you could punch somebody. Yeah. Something could happen. It is aggressive and it is nasty. I'll tell you what I really fear. And I said this in an article that I wrote this morning. I fear that although I've 
I think I used the term reconciled. I have. I've reconciled with myself the the reality that I life is going to be very difficult for me. I've come to terms with it and realised that I live in our house and we live in our house in Salford. We're surrounded by mostly decent people. We're on the edge of the countryside, got big parks. We're not too far from the sea. We can probably get by with a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. But they're not going to allow it. I don't believe they're going to tolerate those of us who've said no to the jam. Yeah. I think it's fanciful for us to think that they'll get 79% or 83% of the entire population double jabbed and they'll just leave the rest of us alone. They won't. I think they'll do everything short of mandating it in the coming six to eight to 12 months. After that, they might even think about mandating it. That's how serious it's, it's becoming. I've never had anxiety in my entire life. I've never lived with it. I had a very difficult childhood, a very difficult time growing up. But I left anxiety behind a long time ago. Mm. But now I am. Now I'm thinking, what's, how far will this go? Will it get to the stage in a year's time where, where you might have a health visitor come to your home, accompanied yeah. by a constable? Yeah, 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 yeah. Say, uh, listen, you've got to go and have this job. I, I don't care what, what you think about it. You have to have it for, 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 for the good of society. Will it get to that stage, Richard? If it gets to that stage, I'm probably a dead man because I'm not going to put up with that. You know, yeah. I'm going to fight that. I mean, why wouldn't I fight it? So um, these are things that are going around my mind. It also could be that it's been four months since I had a holiday. I'm due to have one. <laughs> so it could very well be that I'm just tired of all of this uh, and, and tired of thinking about it. But um, I am very genuinely concerned about where they might take it. And uh, uh, I would hate, again, to be accused of fear-mongering by your audience because I don't do that. I just have to tell the truth. This is where I see it. We, we, we know that um, they've introduced the notion of Bitcoin, haven't they? Rishi Sunak has introduced the notion of the government having a digital currency, basically a cashless society. There would be no cash. And, of course, this type of system would make it very easy for them to coerce people into doing things they don't want to do because they could just turn off the tap on your credit supply. They could put a freeze on, 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 on your own money, the money that you've earned, that you've put in your account. All these things are going through my mind at the moment. It's, get, it's getting very, very ugly. And as you said at the outset, madder by the day. I'm open to suggestions from your audience, from my audience. What do we do? What do we do next? How do you deal with this? You know? um, no, the I'm the same as you. And, it, and it's difficult knowing all of this stuff. And then like my cousin... The other day was she's had both jabs and I told her about the social credit system. She was that she went and Googled China's social credit system. She was horrified. And I was there's almost like you don't want to break it to them because they almost have a happy kind of existence. And you're like, and then there's part of you goes, what about if I'm mad? Like, what about if I've gone mad and I'm wrong? And then you think, you know, you could do all this research for years and years and years, but there is an element of, of ins- you do go a little bit mad and you have to kind of retract it back. And I think you always have to keep an eye on, I try to keep an eye on and go, I could be completely mad or I could be wrong. <laughs> so not not, 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 not across the board, but certain little yeah. things. And, um, and um, this is why kind of what we spoke speaking about this truth movement and these, these guys doing the, um, not everyone, um, but these, these marches and stuff like that, there's an infiltration and not just of people, 
and agent provocateurs, but of infiltration of conflicting information and people talking about this. And, and just it, it gets very, very confusing and very, very um, if you're honestly trying to find some truth in it. The only truth that I've come to over the last 18 months is there's not a deadly pandemic killing people in the world there's people not dying in the streets the hospitals clearly weren't full i was in and out the hospital oh. having a baby at the time that was what we were seeing represented on the telly is clearly not happening anywhere in the world that's good enough for me to go well i'm not going to have an experimental vaccine then and everything else is kind of do you know what information because yes. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I stick to those two things. Go, you show me the bodies in the street and you show me the hospitals overflow when the ambulance is rushing here and there and people dropping. Then I'll take the bloody thing. But until you do, I won't be doing it. Does that kind of do you have something that you kind of hold on to that kind of makes sense? When all yeah. this other because you speak to people all day long about all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. You start with the fundamental premise that there is a pandemic. There isn't a pandemic. And I can say that isn't conjecture. That's a stone cold fact. There isn't a pandemic. Yeah. The, 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 the World Health Organization's own figures prove there's not been a pandemic. And of course, even more annoyingly, in the last uh, couple of weeks, the Telegraph has actually done its job and has, I believe, put out Pulitzer Prize material, uh, you know, in terms of its journalism. It has revealed that more than half of so-called COVID hospitalizations were not COVID hospitalizations at all. They were people who came into hospital with something else wrong with them. Yeah. And while they were in hospital, they were given a COVID test. It came back positive. And the government took those figures then, called those people COVID hospitalizations, and used those numbers to justify the arbitrary measures that they introduced last year, the lockdowns and the mask wearing. Now, that should be game over. But since the Telegraph has done it, and it's done it twice in the last week, the Telegraph, the broadcast media refuses to touch it, just won't mm. touch it. I mean, this, 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 is, this is gangbusters. I mean, this is absolutely gangbusters destroying the narrative that we ever had a pandemic. Of course, we haven't had a pandemic. And just like you, Richard, I absolutely refuse to subject myself to a medical experiment, to take jabs for something that... I may very well have had in January of 2020. And therefore, I would have antibodies or T-cell immunity, maybe. Now, we all sound like experts these days talking about T-cell immunity. It's not that we're experts, but we can read. We understand what it means and we understand the, the implications of it. I had COVID. I probably, if, if COVID exists, I had it and I, I'm, I'm not likely to get it again. So like you, absolutely no way will I have a jab. And then you've got to wonder, why are they so hell-bent so desperate that everybody has this jab. Then you have to ask, what's in it then? Yeah. What's in it? Why are they so desperate for us to have this thing that is completely unnecessary for the vast majority of people or the majority of people? Why? You have to start to wonder the pressure they're bringing to bear on people to take it. It's farcical, Richard. Over the weekend, they're saying to children, and, and you know, when I look at it, late teens, 18, 19, 20, I'm 46. You know, you're just out of childhood. They're saying to them, have the thing will give you an Uber drive or it's a tenner. Have it will give you a pizza. It's astonishing. And then if they are asked, why? Why are you so desperate to give it to the youngsters? They say it's for the, it's, it's in the interest of wider society, even though there's no proof that, first of all, youngsters get COVID, they don't. And second of all, they don't pass it on. 
yeah. you have to start asking the question why. So I'm with you on that. I, I don't jump straight into Great Reset and Fourth Industrial Revolution, even though those are very real things. I don't see the necessity to jump straight in there. Mm-hmm. Just deal with the fundamental truth that there is no pandemic. There never was one. Therefore, the jabs are very mysterious, very sinister. So no thanks, I won't have one. And I tend to try and reach people on that level. I don't tend to go down, you know, Billy Gates and microchips and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not dismissing any of that. You know, we know the patents are out there. We know that they do have designs on treating people by using nanotechnology injected. All, I know all of this, but you're not going to reach anybody yep. by screaming at people with a megaphone about this stuff. They're just going to go, cuckoo, hmm. guy's off his head, not going to listen to him. So, but that's not to criticize people who go to London and look, you, you know, I'm very fond of Gareth Syke and very fond of his father. And uh, one of the, the, the nice things about knowing them and knowing Gaz more so, I don't really have much to do with David, but knowing Gaz, I can disagree with him and he can disagree with me. I asked Gareth, what do you get out of this going down to London? And he gave me a very honest and a very, um, I think a very truthful answer. He said, I get a great energetic boost out of it. And I understand that. I don't have much to do with these things because ultimately I see it's kind of preaching to the converted. And it can be something that's hijacked by people behaving badly, which can reflect poorly on the people there who are maybe given good speeches, even if it is to the converted, even if it is. And uh, it's very easy then for the newspapers and the broadcasters to paint everybody who turned up as basically a bunch of lunatics. So that's where I am on the, you know, marching is one thing, but congregating to hear people tell you what you probably have already heard. I don't know where's the good in that or where's the, where's the, I suppose, the, uh, the, the purpose in that. But when I put it to Gaz on the show, when I interview Gaz racing, she can say anything to Gaz and, and, and vice versa, you know, he said, well, I hear you, Richie, but I, I get something out of it. There's a spiritual thing for me going on there. And I, I totally respect that. So it's never any personal criticism of me towards anybody else. It's horses for courses. I'm a bit reclusive. I'm not into pressing the flesh. Mm-hmm. I just do what I do my way. Others do it their way. And they they have success at reaching people uh, just as much as me or maybe in a greater way, you know. But the London thing, those rallies, I think it's all too easy for people behaving badly to be. I mean, I interviewed Kate Chemerani about this. Yeah. And I challenged her robustly on it. Why, why start talking <laughs> about Nuremberg and stuff? I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, that's going to be picked up by the television. And they're going to say, you're threatening nurses and doctors who um, are not aware that they're committing any crimes, even if they are committing any crimes. The medical and the, 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 the medicines and healthcare regulatory agency in this country has licensed these jabs, even though it's just an emergency license. Rank and file nurses and doctors on the ground, they're not privy to some of the things that we've come to understand. And to be threatening them with Nuremberg and stuff. And of course, her supporters will continue to say that she didn't say that when she did. And I interviewed her about it. To be fair to her, she was a good sport, by the way, and, uh, and came across well in the interview. And I don't necessarily think she's a bad person, but um, doesn't do anybody any good, you know, Nazis and stuff. Give over. I don't see the nurses at the vaccination centre down the road in Salford. I don't see them as Nazis. I see them as people who are uninformed. 
know, you might say, well, it's their duty to inform themselves. No, they have people above them and above them and above them who tell them this is fine. This is hunky dory. They've gone through the university process. They've been conditioned into believing what they've been told, as we all were until we had some moment of, 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 of uh, enlightenment. We, you know, we were lucky. I was lucky, I suppose. So I don't see that. And I think that can be negative. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a shame when that kind of thing happens. But infiltration, yeah, I don't know. Richard, there is a truther industrial complex. There is. It's there for everybody to see, you know. And the truthers make a lot of money. They're very good at seeing people who are upset and worried and concerned by what's going on. And they're very good at peddling fear and also selling people or selling to people what people already know. And uh, that's not you, that's not Darius Ike, that's not David Ike at all. But there are lots of people out there. And uh, I don't know. It's inevitable, I suppose. It's inevitable. If, it's, if we see it in the mainstream media, why wouldn't we see it in the independent media? I, I don't know. But I, I just, you know, I, I try and focus most of my efforts on doing the thing that I do, which is to give a voice to somebody who has got something interesting to say and kind of not to pay too much attention to what's going on elsewhere. But uh, it, 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 it can be and is a problem, yeah. It is a big problem. And we'll talk about um, Pierce Corbyn in a moment because that's something that's come up over the weekend. Uh, I wanted to speak to you about, obviously, someone who spoke to him many times. He spoke on that on Saturday. David spoke very high of him as well. And there's something, that, a video that's come out that looks so poorly done together and uh, done put together that is something almost a little bit like it's child, it's like a children's program, the way they've done this kind of setup, that I can't see how this how anyone wouldn't have seen what was happening happening to them. I, I don't. I mean, it's it's done out in the open. Um, but what you said about Gaz there is, is and especially I just want to quickly come back to what you're saying about the doctors. Me and Gaz do a podcast each, each week, uh, every other week or whatever. And we said in, I said that Gaz came up with the, the uh, he's very good at analogies, Gaz, and he said, look, like, these doctors aren't to blame. If I give a package that's going to blow up the post office to Gaz to go and post for me, it's not Gaz that's the problem because he's posted it because he didn't have the knowledge that it was going to do that. It was me. And he also culpable. knows you. Yeah. He also knows you and he trusts you. Exactly. Why would yeah. Richard give me a package with a bomb in it? Richard wouldn't. It must be something that he's sending to his mum or his dad or his granddad. Exactly, Richard. Yeah. It's a very good analogy. And um, to be saying... You know, you've got to get off that bus. It's not helpful, you know. Yeah. Maybe the woman was sincere. I challenged her robustly on the program. I gave her time to answer it. But it doesn't do anybody any good. It's a great analogy. And it's appropriate, I think. Yeah. When you're talking about doctors. Even it is because they're not to blame. And then if you go and you start blaming them for this and that, and they don't all know. And this is all encompassing their doctors so they know. Well, that's like me saying, as a filmmaker, I know everything about filmmaking. It's, it's totally absurd. And also yes. things change very, very quickly. They're human beings. They're, but as you say, they're doing 99% of the people on this planet aren't psychopaths and they want to get along. That's how they've switched it and made everybody feel responsible for someone else's health because yeah. they've used it the other way around. Um, let's go. So this is what's happening. There's an infiltration of this stuff. I've not been to one of these, these, these events and I was going to go to the next one, but this it's put me off, to be honest. Um, I was going to go just for the event and see people and meet people and obviously the filmmaking side of things. Um, I'm like you. I keep myself to myself and even more so now than ever. Um, 
what happened with Pierce Corbin is there was a video that's just come out of him supposedly taking some money to not mention the AstraZeneca vaccine in his speeches. Now, he says in it clearly, I'm not going to change my policy. I'm not going to, but I will not mention that. Now, the way it was done, there were several kind of flaws in it that made and seemed utterly ludicrous to me. The fact that two young kids in a quite clearly in a shitty student flat had 10 grand sitting in their bank is absurd. I'm a 40 year old man and I don't have 10 grand sitting around. It's fucking insane. Of course, they didn't have 10 grand sitting around and you can't go to a cash machine and take 10 grand out. Use your fucking brain. So it's clearly someone was setting. They were a, they probably don't know they're useful idiots being used. My issue with it, with it was that the fact that one, it was clearly done so badly that I thought someone of Pierce Corbin's intellect, you have to be fairly smart to understand what he understands, wouldn't understand what was going on. So what was going on here? And my concern was that do these people get built up to be taken out at the very top? in a sense of, and it just discredits all of us. Now, whether he was in on it or not, or doesn't know, but it does discredit, as you said at the start, all of us in this, this way. Yeah. And the same with the Sharma, the Katie lady, the way they speak. It's the kind of, they get the stage and then they do something really absurd. And it's like, but me and you as grown adults would be thinking, this is a bit weird. We're at a pizza parlor and they're giving me money in an envelope. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? We wouldn't, we'd go, I do. I don't, don't feel like we doing that. Really. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw it eventually. I watched a bit of it Saturday evening. I saw it yesterday. It's very bizarre, isn't it, really? I, I don't know what to make of it. What do I think of Piers? I've interviewed him probably half a dozen times over the years, mostly about uh, climate change, because he's been a, a staunch critic of climate change theory for, for years. He's a physicist by qualification and later a meteorologist. Very bright guy, very eccentric guy, Pierce. Yeah. I have to say I, I like him. I have a lot of time for him. And uh, I, I've invited him on the radio show uh, to, to, to ask him, look, what really went yeah. on there? I said something a couple of weeks ago about Pierce, which uh, people picked up on, not a couple of weeks ago, but they picked up on it over the weekend. Okay. And that is that he doesn't have any money. Mm -hmm. um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any money. Piers is potless yeah. in the extreme. Uh, there isn't very much money in the business, the, the weather action business, sadly. And I know he struggles, does Piers. Uh, he's a proud bloke, though. You know, he doesn't, he wouldn't speak about that and he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be begging people for, for money. I think once he said to me, only once, Richie, if you can give a bit of a push to weather action, okay. if I could get a couple of more subscribers. Money wouldn't be a motivating factor for him. At least I don't think so. That being said, doesn't look great, that video, Richard, you know? I've never... I never give anybody a pass, no matter who they are, you know? Uh, but also, you've, you've got to give them a chance to, to come course, on yeah, yeah. And, ex and explain themselves. I was wrong before I interviewed Kate Chemerani. I was wrong to call her a nutter. It was very poor form by me. It's not what I do. I pride myself on my professionalism and um, I kicked myself for doing it, but I got her on and I was able to chase her on what she had said and what she was doing. Then I apologize for calling her a nutter. Um, so with peers, I wouldn't make the mistake of saying, this is what I think, or this is what I don't think. I prefer to speak to him, sure. but it doesn't look great. You know, 
it does kind of appear that he says that he'll back off AstraZeneca. It kind of appears that he says that. Um, if the man is potless, does that excuse it? Well, no, it doesn't excuse it. I've, over the years, been scathing in my criticism. I'm not going to mention them today, Rich, don't worry. But of one organisation in this country for their carry-on and for their fake news tendencies. You know, some of the things they've said which have been outrageous. And, and then they've gone on to try and clean up their image and portray themselves as journalists. And I say, no, no, never. You never get a second chance, ever. And God loves peers, you know, if he has gone and said, yeah, OK, I'll back off AstraZeneca for the 10 grand. Well, it's over for Piers Corbyn. Uh, from, for me, it is anyway. I could never trust anything that he ever said ever again, even though I like the man. But he deserves to be challenged and given a chance to speak. So if I get a chance to speak to him, I'm sure there are other interviewers trying to chase him down for an interview. But if I get a chance, I'll um, robustly but fairly challenge him on the video. You know, it looks very bad. Richard, what would you be saying to me if I was seen sitting down with some guys and they said, uh, oh, Richie, back off the jabs now. And I'm like, yeah, no, he, he didn't do that, right? He didn't do that. But if I did, you'd be like, how could you ever listen to a radio show presented by yeah. me ever again? If I told you, that, listen, now, this is, this is the truth, what I just said to you or what I just put out there. You'd be like, but Richie, you took money to say something. You're a propagandist. You're not a journalist. Now, Piers has never claimed to be a journalist. He's an activist. But we'll have to wait and see, Rich. I suppose mm. if he's, he's put out his own video where he vehemently... Okay. I haven't seen that one. Okay. I've only seen bits of it now. But he vehemently defends himself and says, obviously, he was stitched up. That's, it's kind of funny because he obviously was stitched up. Uh, but he says that they've messed around with the way the video was put together. And now, they have, the they have. As someone who edited, it's, it's quite editor. clear. Quite that's clearly fraud, they do. Quite clearly they cut behind him when he's talking. So you can whack any audio over there completely. Right. Um, but you know what, Richard, can I just jump in there on your show? Sure. If that is the case, if that is the case, if those guys do not produce an unedited video, mm. if I was Pierce Corbin, I would be reporting him to the police because that is a criminal offence. It's entrapment. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's worse than that. It's misrepresented. It's fraud, Richard. Okay. It is fraud. If you put a video out and say, Pierce Corbin said this, and your proof is a video where you switched around the timeline and put a block of audio into a place where it didn't belong, that's fraud. And if, they, if they've done that to him, well, they deserve everything that's coming to him, if that's the case. Yeah. I would say that, that from watching it, it's clearly, I mean, the, narr the audio... The voiceover anyway sets the tone for what it is. They're in a picking it apart. They're in a flat, a quite obviously a, a tiny little pothole of a student flat. Nothing wrong with that, but clearly they don't have. We've, all, we've all been. We've there. all been there. I wasn't there that long ago, but also I didn't have ten grand sitting in my account. They're quite clearly well-to-do young men. I wouldn't say they come from my background, from the way they talk, the way they dress. They're not exactly your working-class heroes, are they? No, that's just observation. Clearly, they're not. The way it's shot, you've got two cameramen hiding in some bushes, possibly three. How can you not see them poking their heads out? The audio, by the way, that's and as a, you, film, as a filmmaker, yeah, 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 it, I'm a it's a fucking nightmare to get people's audio clear more than the video. 
So there's some couple of bits there where the audio jumps from, but you're behind the guy. So they've spliced in some audio that jumps. But how do they get how do they get Corbyn's audio so clear when they haven't got him mic'd? Because all you would hear is cars going past, people clanging things. Do you know what I mean? You could they do it in post? Could, they, could, no. they, could they enhance the audio in post? No, not like that. Definitely Absolutely not. not. No, it would have had this water effect. So there's something going on there that with the whole video of it. It's too well done. In can, I just te- say about, can I just say about peers? I, I, I would feel it's important to reiterate here that the guy is really eccentric now. Yeah. I mean, take Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Okay. And multiply it by five. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's, he's half cracked, but not in a negative way. The, the messing around that I've had to do with him on a live radio show, right, to okay. get him to be on the show at the right time and to be in the right place, it's just fucking nightmarish <laughs> every time. He's properly eccentric. Yeah, the most eccentric person I've ever encountered. Okay. Uh, would that make it easier for him to be, you know, done up like a kipper like that? Maybe. I'm just being the devil's advocate, you know. No, I, yeah. I say it would. I say it would. If you anything that he says can be used, timing is everything, context is everything, especially when they're cutting behind. The audio is too clear. To me, obviously, it's been it's editing, so it's been manipulated. The only way you would ever know is if you get the two SD card files of the two cameras and you played them back to back, which yeah, they should yeah. do if they want to prove that he this is exactly what happened. They should be forced to, these young kids, who are also being used because that's nowhere they're yeah. 10 grand sitting in the bank. So they've been no. useless idiot, useful idiots. And as you Tell said, you they've committed a crime. They would Absolutely. be now. They need to, to put those videos out, the long form of both video file, up on their YouTube and say, okay, is camera A, is camera B, now you decide. Because Absolutely that's right. The only what about way the Mail shown. Online? I, can, I mean, I'm, the Mail Online, I know that standards... Generally, standards have disappeared or they have dropped through the floor anyway. But <laughs> yeah, I, James Whale, yeah. I mean, give me a break, right? But I would have, James Whale, exactly. But with the mail, I would have thought that they couldn't be putting themselves in a position like that where they're wide open to a severe rebuke and possibly to libel damages that, that would have to be paid to Piers Corbyn. Significant libel damages. If they have messed around with the audio and chopped up the timeline, to make it look like Piers was saying something he didn't. If they've done that, Rich, and I'm beginning to think that, because you're an expert, I know you are in filmmaking, Mm. and if you tell me that it's obvious that some of the time coding is a bit messed up, well, I'm stunned that the Mail Online would be done up like that, because I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be stitched up like that. As If I was editing, I I would not, if I was the newspaper editor, no way. I've been around the block too many times. I'd be like, I want to see those videos. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's blatantly, I mean, it's been blatantly edited, obviously, because yeah. that meeting probably took place. So they had a pizza during it. So the meeting was probably 45 minutes to an hour long. So, of course, they've yeah. edited it. But the way in which some of the shots, if you look, they're either behind him when he says stuff or they're behind one of the other guys when he says not all the time. It's very cleverly put together in that sense. But, of course, it's been manipulated. It's the only way to show the context of what he's saying. And it's not to excuse him being there in the first place. Um. And who knows if that's the email that he received through that they sent him. This is it. Who knows this that is- that's not an email he's typed up afterwards and they said, oh, we want to meet up to you and, and chat about your activism. And, and, and you don't know. So you want to see the emails, you'd want to see both video files and you'd want to kind of take it from there. My, my concern was how someone of his intellect would get even go. Yeah. You, you wouldn't. Would it's you? a very good question. Your question is very, very 
very pertinent. And my answer, I don't have an answer. My playing devil's advocate saying that the eccentricity, that could be monumental bollocks, the eccentricity. I don't mean it is because he is a proper eccentric, sure. but it might be a very poor excuse. Uh, we wouldn't be duped like that. And he's a very bright guy. Hmm. You know, the money, nobody. I mean, to be fair to him, from what I understand, anything he's ever gotten from the public, he's just gone straight out and printed leaflets and stuff. That's what he does, you know. I don't think there's any evidence that any funding Piers has taken from the public in the past has gone on Piers, whatever anybody thinks about it. And I know there will be people now who, you know, because he became so prominent so quickly, they'll be suspicious of that. They won't like that. They won't like his connection to the Labour Party. And they'll think that he's some sort of, you know, agent, whether it be double agent, all this stuff that you hear in the independent media. And look, they might be right. I can't say they're wrong. But I, I don't think there's a shred of evidence that the chap has done anything for any money because he's potless. And whenever he's been sent any money, and I can say this because I know this, I know some people sent the money and I know he went out and got leaflets printed up and uh, uh, thousands of leaflets printed up, by the way, thousands, you know, not, not at a small cost and stickers and what have you. So I, I would struggle to be convinced that this guy was just in it for the money or the fame. But what do I know? I've never met him. I've never had a drink with him. I've never broken bread with him. He's just been on the show. And I've always liked having him on the show. And I do like him. And I hope he's not willingly, you know, thought, great, I can make myself a few grand here and I'll ease off on the AstraZeneca because that would be a dreadful shame. And if that was true, well, I would never use him again. That's all I could say on that. But I hope it isn't true, you know. Because you've you've seen this, I mean, through the years when going. I mean, I've only been doing this probably like research-wise ten years. I, I'm nowhere near like you guys. I mean, I'm pretty new to the broadcast version. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'm, I do this because I like to get to know people to possibly make films with, and and people interest me. This sort of work is fascinating. Anyone who starts to look into this, it becomes a lifestyle, and it becomes something that you want to do. Um, and you get excited to tell people about it. Do you understand this? And you, you learn that the world was never like how you, you believe it was yeah. to be. Um, so it shapes your personality. But you've seen this. People like I mean, going back to Bill Maloney and all of these numpties that came around in like 2014, this infiltration of, of people like that. And I feel like that that is still, that hovers around all the time. And that's yeah. why I stay away. Do you ever feel like that, that kind of, you can't even because my, my concept with iconic, I wanted to build an alternative media industry so we could earn a living doing this sort of things. But it yeah. seems like there's always a, a, a I'm not an echo a, chamber. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, there's always the, the, the vultures always circling. What I what I've noticed, look, I'm probably a bit unique. Well, not unique, I suppose. I'm not I I don't portray myself as I wouldn't dare to claim that I'm a researcher. I, I do obviously research the guests I interview and the topics, but I'm not a, a researcher in terms of in the broader sense. Um, and I'm kind of unique in that I spent so many years in mainstream radio before getting into doing what I do now. So I've been fascinated. You've used the word that's very interesting a couple of times this morning, Richard. It's a infiltrator. And it's good because it's, it's kind of, it's, 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 paradoxical for me i don't know how much of it is infiltration and how much of it is just people who 
really, really, really love the attention. And I tend to see it as people who love the attention. These are people who would, most of them would never, even when the, even when the legacy media was a more balanced place, it's a long time ago, admittedly, but these are people who would never have gotten a foot inside the door of any radio station or any television station because they wouldn't have been good enough. They crave attention. And their, their whole shtick is, their whole modus operandi is to try and take ownership of an issue, to make discussion of an issue, to make it um, as much about them, the truther, as it is about the issue, so that they become identifiable with whatever issue it happens to be, whether it be child abuse or something else. And the attention is a big thing. It's a major big thing. They love the attention. Truthers are constantly talking about how they're being attacked and being targeted for the things they do. And most of them don't have more than 20 followers on Twitter or they don't have 100 subscribers on YouTube. I find it almost ridiculous, you know. So infiltration, I don't know. But certainly narcissism and attention seeking, you see a lot of that. I've seen it. And you see them come and go over the years as well. And you see them all killing one another, fighting for a little bit of space around an issue, you know. No, I'm the top man on child abuse. I am, I am. I'm the crusader. No, no, I am, I am. You're this and you're a shill and all this madness. I just look at it and I laugh. Um, but uh, people buy into it as well. I've been very critical of it over the years. So obviously I'm not too popular, but I don't care about that. It is what it is. I just do it anyway, you know, from time to time. It is what it is. And then people that, that do come in, and it's a really interesting thing for me because there's a conspiracy within the conspiracy. And um, I don't take these things out. I'm going to be dead one day. And I'm going to be, I want to just kind of, I'm kind of find it. I think one of my blocks have been, now I see this as a, an adventure because I know, uh, as I say with you, I'm the same as you, is that people are going to do what they're going to do. One man in his conservatory is not going to change the world, clearly. I can barely breathe. A lot to be breathe. said for conservatories. A lot to be said for conservatories. Mine's so hot, mate. So I have a freezing cold or I can't breathe. And it's literally the way it is. But there you go, that... What I wanted to do, these guys come in, they never bring any skills. They never bring any talents. They're just yeah. very, very good. I liken them to people that kind of try and sell you that via uh, that old dodgy VCR at cash converters. They, they never bring any skills with them, like talents with them. And that's sure. why the main the alternative media, other than what you guys tried to do at PTV and hopefully what we're trying to do at Iconic, they never had any, and what you do on your own show, because obviously it's, it's a properly produced show. There's no tech, there's no talent in a, in a sense of pr there's no production. Value added, Rich. There's no there's value. No value added. No, it's just there isn't. talking. Um, yeah. you know, they don't know how to interview people. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to take a conversation. They have their six, seven questions and they just stick to them. There's no understanding of psychology. And, um, and that's why I think you're completely right. They love the limelight, but it tends to be the people that have done this for a while that, that don't actually get the limelight, that don't actually to make a lot of noise, the ones that are actually bubbling along in the background, like the Neil Sanders, although I don't agree with most of what Neil says about, especially about this stuff. I like um, Neil, I love yeah. Neil. I, I love Neil to bits. I, I, I understand he's, uh, Neil is convinced of the threat of the virus, isn't he? I, he is, I, yeah. I, I, I've just been told that. I haven't had Neil on the show for ages. I must invite him back on again because he's a lovely fella. Mm. And if he says he believes it, well, then he believes it. But um, you're right, Rich. Yeah, look, uh, some of the things that, have been happening with, with, with your platform in terms of the 
um, the upping the game in terms of the production values is very exciting. <clears throat> it's, it's all I've ever wanted to see, really, is an independent media where people strived to make content, to produce content, that it mirrored, not in content, but in production values, it yeah. mirrored the mainstream media. David, I can myself would spend hours at Moon's Pub in Wembley, sitting down, having a, a glass of wine, talking about the need to improve the output of the independent media. Because if, if it didn't happen, the, the aesthetic quality, if it didn't happen, people wouldn't pay attention to it. Yeah. Why would you, you know? Um, so what you're doing there and what, what I try to do with the radio show will, will help, of course. But, but largely, and this is not so great, largely it's just rubbish, really. Wherever you look, it's just garbage, you know? I get sent videos from well-meaning listeners. And some of the time I'll just click on, I'll go, all right, hang on, yeah, God, click on. And I just see some dipstick sitting in a room tell, shouting slogans at me. You know, I can barely understand what he's saying. Irony of ironies with my colloquial Irish <laughs> accent. But um, and I just switch it off. I'm like, I'm not going to stay with that. You know, but um, it'll improve, Richard. But what you're doing there will, will, will as long as you're successful and um, you'll be successful, the iconic platform will be successful. And of course, success ultimately lends to imitation. Yeah. People go, why, why are they doing well? Well, because they, it looks good what you do. I mean, you, it, your uh, show looks very good. Gareth's show, which I know you have a lot to do with, looks fantastic. Yeah, Gareth's great. You, you, yeah. you could put it anywhere, right? So somebody switching on to that. Oh, is that Ike's son, is it? Yeah, not too sure about that. Bloody well, looks all right, though. You might stay with it for three or four minutes. And then after three or four minutes, you realize that, well, there's not much, there's not much mad about this. These are people having an interesting discussion. That's an interesting guest he's got on. So production values are paramount. Sacrosanct for me, you know. I work every day, Richard, to try and improve myself. I really do. Because it's radio, it's not visual. Obviously, for obvious reasons, it's not visual. <laughs> I, I have no misconceptions about my appearance. I think you're a bit harsh on yourself there, to be honest. You can tell me I'm gorgeous, Rich, but I won't. Yeah, yeah I that. think you're a bit harsh on yourself. <laughs> <I look at laughs> yeah. Herman um, Munster over here. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great point about the, the, about the visuals and, and the audibles. and if they, if they continue to improve, as long as we are allowed to continue to do what we do, Richard, because that's another thing entirely because there are those who would prefer that we didn't broadcast. And those voices are going to get louder. You know, the online harms bill. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah where so yeah, but this is what my concern is, is um, for that sort of thing. And it's, it's a great kind of segue into that, um, that we're going to do what we did in YouTube and we're going to bung it all in little pots of gold and then they're going to shut the lid on it. And that, because if you just, obviously the online harms deal comes in, putting hundreds of thousands of millions of pounds of worth of content into a platform that they shut the door on. That's yeah. the big concern for me because you're always playing in their football field, regardless. Um, you were kicked off YouTube for nothing. Yeah, I, mean, I have no I, idea why. Your, your interviews, this is in no way now to say that there was anything mild or harmless. I'm not saying that at all. The people you, you, you've been having on, the conversations have been fascinating. People with a different perspective on any number of issues. There's nothing in there that could be construed as 
harmful for anybody who watched it. It's interesting conversations with an alternative viewpoint. Just get rid of you. But that's why they were set up. You, I couldn't follow what you said. You summed it up beautifully. These huge behemoth organizations were set up to entrap everybody. It's like kettling, isn't it, Rich? It's like kettling. Get, get you all in one area. And then you become, you become, well, YouTube has got hegemony. Twitter has it. They're beyond state size now. It's massive. They own the sphere. Now they can say, well, piss off now. We'll shut you down. And uh, that's a worry. And then with the online harms bill and with the plans for a digital currency controlled by the Bank of England, a central digital currency, where there would be no cash anymore and no opportunity for people to covertly, if necessary, covertly fund independent voices. All of a sudden you would have Britcoin, B-R-I-T, Britcoin, as you, you've heard all about it. And then it would be a case of, well, we'll put a stop to that iconic. We'll just turn the tap off. Yep, absolutely. Yep. End of story. Yep. Or the Richie Allen show or whatever, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And that's, that's what people don't sort of understand is that that's where this is heading. To me, this is all heading, whether you believe the COVID was a thing or not, it's the ID pass. It was always about ID pass. It was about getting that, everything that you need on your phone that we can just switch off, gather it all together. Is It's the same thing, isn't it? What do you think the whole purpose was this? Do you think it was the ID pass? Regardless if you think the vaccines are harming people or not, it didn't really need to, unless you want to go into eugenics. It needed to be that you guys would accept the fact that you would need a pass to do anything in your life. To me, that's where, why the World Economic Forum was in, involved from the start. Yeah, you're right. That's definitely this step, this stage of whatever plan that exists, whatever plan they have for humanity and for, for, for how we will live in the future. This is a big, big thing for them now, the, the ID pass. Yeah, undoubtedly. And to, but also to kind of transform healthcare. They've been saying for some years now, that they want to get away from treating people at the point of necessity. You know, God forbid you feel unwell tomorrow. You go to your doctor, you speak to your doctor. He or she says, I think this is wrong, Rich. Give you a prescription or we'll give you a couple of tests. They want to move away from that. They've openly stated, in fact, they're talking about it now, moving to a new model of preventative prevention, where they're going to be encouraging people to change their lifestyles to avoid becoming unhealthy. Of course, that's tied in with the social credit plan and Britcoin, the central digital currency as well. But they also want us to take any number of vaccines in the future against diabetes, against uh, obesity, amazingly. Gene therapy, they're working on these sequencing things they're doing, they're openly talking about it, where they will have injections for pretty much most ailments, ailments you can think of. And they'll be saying, you should take that now. Don't be a burden on your NHS. Don't ask what your NHS can do for you. It's that yep. kind of perversion of the JFK speech, but ask what you can do for your NHS. It's astonishing. That's where they want to go. Lots and lots and lots of regular intervals, injections for different things. And uh, But you're right, the ID pass, the inability to, to move around and to live your life unless you can demonstrate that you're playing ball with them. The ID pass. Yeah, absolutely right. And we're kind of there now, aren't we? Because um, aren't nightclubs already asking kids for this, even though it isn't supposed to come in until after September? I believe they're already 
asking for it. Somebody taught me the GAY nightclub, obviously very famous nightclub here in Canal Street in Manchester. They're going to be offering the jabs in the autumn, in the winter. Uh, this has been leaked. This big nightclub is going to be, they're going to have a, 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 a jabbing room on site or something like that, where you'll be encouraged to go and get it. Why don't you come and have a good night out and have your booster jab while you're here? So, yeah, this is where we kind of came in on the very beginning, isn't it? Life is going to be really different for people. But I'm not sure they'll just stop at that. I'm not sure they will accept those of us who have said no thanks to the jams. I think they'll make it even more difficult as time goes on. And I hope I'm wrong. And you know, there is some there is some cheer, there is some there is some good cheer because I'm often wrong. My predictions, I'm certainly no, I'm certainly no Nostradamus when it comes to predictions, but I think this one maybe is an easy one. They'll 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 definitely make it more difficult, Richard. I mean they're they're kitting out the secondary schools already, aren't they? To jab the youngsters coming back if if the JCVI, the joint committee on vaccination 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 the joint committee on vaccination and immunization if they do give the go-ahead to jab all of the uh uh 12 to 18 year olds they're already making plans to kid out the schools to jab the kids so yeah it's going to be a really interesting winter autumn stroke winter this year you know it's amazing that we live in a world now that when you when i was a kid you would you would be chucked out of a club for injecting yourself in the toilets and now we live in a world where you need to be injected in the toilets to get in the club yeah. that's the inversion that we live in. you basically got to become a you've got to go in they provide you with the needles they provide you with the gump that you want to do and yeah this is where we live we it is mad and i can't see how anyone doesn't see that it's that mad that you are injecting children but this is yeah. where they softened people up. I and mean, Biderman's chart of coercion. Guys, go and have a look at that if you want to see what's been done to you over the last 18 months. Richie, thank you for your time. I know you've got a show to produce. Love uh, chatting to you, mate. And I really appreciate thanks, all your support through the years. How can people find your show? When is it on and where can they find it? Monday to Thursday at five. And the best place to find it is, is on richieallen.co.uk, my website. It's on the TuneIn app. A lot of people have TuneIn on their phones. They can find it there. Fab Radio 2 in Manchester, Trigger Warning and all that. But uh, th your best bet is to go to the website. It's a nice functional website. The player is right there. Five o'clock, Monday to Thursday. And I do a music show on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, which is good fun. It's just a couple of hours of uh, old, older music from the 60s and the 70s and a few stories about those songs. That's the 10 o'clock on, on Sundays, Rich. But no, thank you for your time. I don't get asked to do very much, Richard. But it's brilliant uh, speaking with you. You're brilliant. You ask great questions. And you always leave plenty of room for people to talk, mate, which uh, kind of makes you unique, really, sadly, these days. So thanks for the invite. Well, that's because there's a difference between a chat and an interview, I think, um, I always thought. But thank you for your time. And also, thank. Well, congratulations on doing so well with the, pot, with the show as well in the charts. Um, that's amazing. And it just goes to show there's a real hunger for this information. Um, really, really is. And even our WhatsApp podcast I do with Gaz is number four in the improv and comedy. I don't know how. Fantastic. But there's two Brilliant. guys chatting nonsense and talking about all the madness. But it just shows people are desperate to hear this stuff and they, they trust you and through the and, years. And when it's done well, they are desperate to produce it. But what you're doing 
is is this is visually excellent and the content is excellent so once it looks good so you got to keep emphasizing that you've obviously got ability you and guys of course you have but it's no good without the the the, uh, the the production skills which which you bring to it in abundance so uh godspeed to you pal well done thanks for that mate do you ever think you'll be going going doing a tv show like ptv ever again or are you just going to stick to radio i don't know i'll do um I did something with Hayden Hewitt, which was along the lines of what Gaz does on Friday. And uh, like Gaz, we had some very nice visuals and it looked well. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. So Hayden has asked me to come back and do it every Thursday in the autumn. They'll do all the heavy lifting with uh, regards to the, obviously the, the, the green screen and all that stuff, Rich. So that'd be nice to do for a bit of crack, mate. Yeah, be a nice break from just doing radio all the time. But I've not got your good looks and Gaz's good looks, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm not when no Gareth Ike, trust me, it's just the camera angle and some and you're know, like a boy band. When I see you on gases, you're like a boy band. Jeez, give me a break, will you? Not standing next like, to each other. He's six foot five and I'm five foot four. It's the shittiest boy band you've ever put together. You're like Mark Owen, he's like Howard Donald. That's what it is. That'll do. I'll take that. No pun intended. Um, cheers, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers, buddy. Speak soon. Bye. All the best, Rich. I'm unapologetically fly. No wonder why that's just my attitude. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah